0: podcast episode number 377 yes i'm almost certain that's correct i am your host dustin and with me today is larry uh season's greetings ho 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 ben yo and aaron insert chirping right. crickets As always, you can find show notes for BakaCast at www.projectarii.net or at audioentropy.com. And on this almost Christmas occasion, we bring you two very not Christmas movie, two very not two not like at all related things. Though the movie does begin at (laughs) Christmas time. Will because I don't believe Aaron watched the movie, we will start with the show, uh, which is Planet With, episodes 1 through 6. A show that was not about what I thought it was going to be about. <laughs> oh, it's With, all right. They, they, you know, for
1: like for a single course show, there's a lot in there.
0: There really is. like the the plot moves very quickly and that's not a bad thing um what's, what's wild about Planet With so like, I, I, all I really knew about Planet With is that it was a mecha show of sorts I knew absolutely nothing else about it uh what's what's wild about Planet With is that at first it looks like the protagonist is working for the bad guys cause he got kidnapped by them but then it turns out they're the good guys. But then it turns out that no one's really the bad guy. <laughs> like, although there are antagonists, there are definitely... There aren't, there aren't really any villains in Planet With. at least not in the first six episodes. I'm sure there will be some sort of turn... Uh, especially after this most recent, especially after episode 6 which definitely feels like the end of a particular story arc that deals with the paladins slowly having their powers taken away from them Uh, but the three factions involved in this first half like you've got the humans who are you know just trying to protect the earth from what they see as alien invaders and they're not like totally inaccurate about that um you have the ceiling faction who are who have their hearts in the right place but are incredibly patronizing uh and then you've got the pacifist faction who like you're more sympathetic to their motives but also why are they so secretive like (laughs) most
2: most peaceful organizations want to be in the shadows and uh I've never seen a pacifist organization swing a right hook like this pacifist organization yeah. does that. yeah
0: yeah but but also like they kind of they kind of just kidnap this kid and don't tell him anything really about what's going on until he's already deep in uh, what's happening well, so he's the, like,
2: he's the survivor of the planet that was destroyed by the sealing faction, yeah no, he's the survivor of okay.
1: Sirius, was it? Yeah the, yeah, the survivor of Sirius, now this, this... Okay, the thing was, the Sir- Sirius was destroyed by the dragon. Yeah, yeah. Um, and... The ceiling... F- and there, there's the- some, there's some, like, hints at what the dragon, like, what the dragon is, because, uh, we see over the, cu- we see over the course of these episodes, we see, like, uh, I mean, we basically see, uh, you know, humans with psychic powers basically turning into dragons when they lose control of their powers.
0: Yeah, so uh, that's also one question I had that wasn't super clear to me. Like, are can the can the humans who have the that dragon salt or whatever it is, um, can they use that because they are psychic, or does that dragon salt cause them to be psychic?
1: uh you'll find out in the second half of the show
0: okay that's intentionally vague got it um i just wasn't sure if i had missed something uh
1: Uh, no they yeah
0: the the nature
1: of the nature of the the nature of the the nature of the the, like uh the the crystal crystal vials uh will become (laughs) clear. yeah
0: yeah, exactly the dragon bath salts
3: (laughs) If you think of it like that, a lot of the stuff makes a whole lot more sense, as far as the enemy's <laughs> designs and whatnot.
0: Yeah, oh god, you're right. They're just yeah. high on
3: bath salts. Yeah. Because, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the thing, is that that's,
0: that's, uh, what's especially Yo, wild about... Yo, the upside down babies are, that's not okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, what's wild about this show is, like, like imagery just all the imagery is just insane. Yeah. Hey, ceiling faction. What's wrong with you?
3: Yeah. Well, you uh, know they're, they're standing. They're standing. I there didn't talk- meant
0: to talk to Siri. I said ceiling faction. God damn it, phone. Uh, they turned uh, that off. The uh,
1: <laughs> well, actually, what uh, what the what the pacifist faction reminds me of is uh, celestial Being from Gundam Double
0: Yeah. Yeah, they do. Um only not nearly as kill everyone. Yeah yeah. Yeah, the difference between the pacifist faction and the uh and celestial being is celestial being like were just straight up terrorists. Like well, yeah. they had they had noble motivations, but yeah, they killed a lot of dudes. Um which at the ver you know, it's just like, you know, they held they took accountability for. It's not like they were pretending that they were You know, not murderers. Um, But yeah, I I just really like how all the factions sort of play off each other, and like none of them are just you know straight up villains. Um, You will notice that a lot as you
3: go through. uh, What uh, what the the, show
1: is written by Satoshi Mizukami,
0: uh, who is the
1: author of uh, Lucifer and the Biscuit Hammer and Spirit Circle. Ah uh, that's Sengoku the
0: that's the Yoko. thing he was known for, yeah, Lucifer. I still haven't read Lucifer and the Biscuit Hammer, even though also, I've heard yeah. so many good things about it. Also, Sengoku
1: good. Yoko, that was another one. That was another one he did.
3: Yeah, uh, I don't and I still need to finish that and Spirit Circle.
0: But yeah, his stuff is really good. Huh, yeah, I don't think I've read any of this guy's stuff, which is surprising to me. So uh... though I guess it was mostly manga, so it's not that surprising <laughs> yeah no, he's so... uh... yeah so... I mean, yeah he's a he's a manga, he's
1: a yeah he's a manga author who's uh and none of whose manga had been adapted to anime. Uh, before now. Planet With, yeah. And well the thing was
3: Planet With is an original
0: that he just Oh right, yeah, it's not a just manga. Wrote. It
3: just yeah. Well, it it the manga started ever so slightly before the anime did.
0: Yeah. But... I'm actually kind of sur- well, actually, isn't Lucifer and the Biscuit Hammer going to be adapted? I thought we saw that as like an upcoming thing. Uh, that seems like it'd be an obvious thing to adapt. I
3: don't I don't think so. I'm ninety percent sure that it's going to depend on how Planet With does. Huh. Because and... Lucifer and the Biscuit Hammer would be way more complicated to do. Oh yeah. With. Mm.
1: Uh well well mainly because uh, fully adapting Lucifer and the Biscuit Hammer would take uh, at least twenty four episodes. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> uh, you know, and yeah, and the thing is, uh, from what I heard, the sales for Planet With were. Not very good. Uh,
0: because, and it's not too
1: surprising because this show is weird.
0: Yeah, but it's so good, though. Yeah. <laughs> like, it also seems like it's weird in a way that like, there are some anime that are weird in a particular way that does make them a little off-putting um, and not easy to get into. But I feel like Planet With is weird in a way that is fairly common among weird anime. Like it's got a giant like sensei is a giant cat who can talk, but only the maid can inter magical girl maid can interpret for him. And you've also he's like the other faction leader is a, a giant talking dog who also has a hot magic secretary. And it's like, yeah, that's weird, but it's not weird in you know, it's not really all that out of left field when it comes to this sort of genre. Yeah, well, yeah, like it's it's the kind of weird that anime otaku are like extremely used to already. It's surface so, it's surface level
1: weird, but it but it doesn't make the end doesn't make the story inaccessible.
0: Because, yeah, exactly. Because the story is um, not too hard to follow. You yeah, know? which which makes me feel like there's got to be another explanation just. Uh, got, there's got to be some other explanation for why it's not doing as well as we might like it to other than just it's weird like i i don't i wouldn't argue that that's probably not part of it well but part of it is that it, it got d- dumped out
2: in a season where there was a lot of popular shows and you know you can only spread spread the band uh, fan base so thin and it's it is- mm.
0: But yeah, like it's it's certainly a weird show, but it's really only on the surface that it is a weird show. Like the rest of it is, like it's both very straightforward but also nuanced. If that makes any sense, like it's not hard to follow at all. Right. Um. It's it's mostly just the visuals that are kind of trippy. Um. But yeah, like it it's it's not hard to follow at all. Like the, the all the characters have like pretty straightforward. You know, and, and easily understood motivations. It's 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 not like complex storytelling, but it's like very competent and okay. That sounds damn, like damning with faint praise. What I mean is, it's 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 very well written. It's a very well written like
1: the story flows. Like, the story flows nicely. That's the thing. Yeah, it's a it's
0: a very well written, straightforward story about that is so far about three factions that want the same goal but are just taken wildly different ways of going about it. Because like, ultimately, all three of them do want humanity to, to succeed and to prosper, but they have different ways of thinking which way is right. And...
2: Well, the, the ceiling faction wants to stymie humanity so they don't go to space and start wars.
0: Yeah, well... Well, and also, like, yeah, also, one of the things I liked is that uh, during the conversation that we see, like the flashback that we see, I think it was a flashback. No, no, I don't think it was. It was uh, uh it was that one dream sequence that's not a dream sequence where uh, the main character was seeing the dog talk with the cat. Was yeah. that a flashback, or was that happening in real time? Uh, I think that... that was happening in real time because the cat was Okay, injured. that's what I Okay, yeah, that's what tipped me off to it. Yeah. It wasn't real time. But yeah, I really like that conversation because they they mention Sirius and like we get the we get the implication that the reason why Sirius got destroyed was because of they the people there had that power and it got out of hand. Yeah. And so the ceiling faction saw that happen and went like we can't risk that happening again to a species with potential. Um, and so like, you get why they're so hard line even if you don't necessarily like agree with them. Um, because they don't want to see another planet get totally destroyed. <laughs> and they feel like even like even waiting long enough to see if the humans will change is a risk too great to take.
2: Well, so far the humans have proven the ceiling faction correct because they don't change at the moment. They're quite
3: aggressive. Uh,
0: some some of them did, well, but also not. I mean, to be fair, the guy all. that was aggressive was an alien. <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, that's also that, that. That's a couple things actually that are interesting to me and is that like yeah they're they're being aggressive with it but also like the ceiling faction are by sending the things to earth are almost like triggering that aggression oh well,
2: yeah they mm-hmm. want to see how we respond
0: yeah cuz like even if it's not a cuz like they're they're being so vague about what they want like they're not telling anybody anything so, like, you see something like that come to your planet, and you're like, "That's probably not a good thing."
2: Yeah, that doesn't look like it doesn't right. look like
1: it could be, uh, you know, uh,
2: like of course right. you're
0: going to defend yourself against right. it.
1: So, what you have is you basically have this team of you have this team of psychics who are powering up in the course of fighting fighting off these aliens, and yet if they power up in you know if they power up uncontrollably, then they turn into dragons
0: and just Blow everything up. Yeah.
2: Ah, yes. Mutually assured destruction.
0: Yeah, so it's... I, I really like all the fight scenes. I really like all the characters. Um, the story, like while well, I said it, it's not complex. It's still very well told. Um, and I like that so far, the only real villain is... Essentially, the MacGuffin that gives people powers—like <laughs> that's really the only "quote-unquote" villain so far. Um, and I—I'm I, sure. Well, I don't say I don't want to say I'm sure because I don't really know how Mizukami's stories tend to go. But in a typical show like this, you know, there there'd be an actual villain that comes along to. Have all three factions team up But I have a feeling like it's not Going to be that straightforward um, Well
2: I'm trying to figure out how much is left Of the one faction because What their leader did and all their salts Turned in I think they're uh,
3: I, I mean there's use... nothing to say that they can't give The salts back in
0: time of
2: Yeah, Horrible tragedy
0: Yeah yeah. like all, all the pacifist faction Did was just like st- Take them Like they're, they're still there yeah, well, because he doesn't he doesn't want to have another dragon yeah. running around those in, in inside the cat spaceship I would assume
2: well some of those conversations on the cat spaceship and and around it were kind of interesting too especially when you know, he would hold the little globe up and whatever was coming would appear and they go boy these guys got lousy taste
0: <laughs> or, oh yeah can't they be more creative it's like okay yeah or 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 I believe like one of the reactions was like well, the, one of the main characters' reactions was is like, what's up with those creepy babies? And the maid is all, I think they're cute. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, what? Like, no, maid, you um, are crazy. Well, well. Wait a she is. Uh, well,
1: she's an alien, so.
3: <laughs> yeah. I mean, yes, but still crazy.
2: Uh, that's the thing, we're trying to figure out, you know, uh, crazy after all these years, and uh, who who is who.
0: All I know is that I I want to live on a planet where the, where it's populated by giant dogs who have psychic powers. That seems like a pretty good planet to live on. Yeah, that's, uh...
1: <clears throat> yeah, and, uh, that's Norio Wakamoto.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. That's wonderful.
1: <laughs> yeah, the, uh, the guy voicing... Let's see, the guy voicing Sensei is, uh... uh Rikia Koyama, who, uh, let's see, he, he's done a bunch of things. Uh, notably, uh, he did, uh, Tora and Ushio and Tora. Oh, okay. Um, he's also, uh, he's also the, he also plays the, uh, he pl- he also plays the main character in, uh, or in Karakuri Circus.
0: Yeah, there is. <sighs> what I love about the art i love the art in this by the way like it's 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 an art style that's very obviously like modern anime but has enough like <clears throat> stylistic choices to set it apart um that it that it like looks both you know what you expect and also unique um, especially when it comes to the mecha designs but also i just it just remind This show just reminds me of how much I love sort of the specific artistic abstraction that anime does occasionally to animals particularly cats mm-hmm. like, like 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 think about the Trigun cat um, basically anytime anime abstracts a cat design it's got sort of that like big oval head perfectly triangle ears <laughs> Like there is something extremely appe- appealing to me about that cat design. I I always love it whenever it appears, um, okay. and it seems like it's a, it's a pretty common a- abstraction across a lot of more comedic anime, <laughs> um, and everybody has their own take on it. But like you can still you can still see the commonalities between you know the shapes. <laughs> yeah (coughs) also also apparently the the sensei loves anime figurines
3: so those two figurines are uh of characters from lucifer and the biscuit hammer
0: oh okay all right Uh, okay sure yeah that's a neat (laughs) that's a neat little in joke Also, but he's just ashamed enough that he does try to hide the fact that he's trying to peek up the figurine skirts. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. Oh,
3: yeah.
0: So, what's what's interesting to me about that is the lore implications. That this cat knows enough about Earth that he is familiar with the concept of the anime panty shot. Mm-hmm. And that he is also... He's also aware that it is something that most people are ashamed to like. How how much it, how, how much does this cat know about earth culture? Hmm. Is this cat an earth weeaboo? Yeah, it's a possibility. Is is that why this cat is part of the pacifist faction and wants to preserve Earth? <laughs> is so that this cat can keep can have humanity keep creating anime for it.
1: <laughs> yeah, because you'd think that uh, you think that <laughs> once once humanity was sealed, then uh, anime culture would take a big nosedive. Yeah, well, I, I love mean, that like
3: to be the final all reveal. culture <laughs> that the cat was just doing it for the anime.
0: Yeah, a cat just wants to protect his anime, <clears> throat> specifically throat> specifically his anime girlfriends. Again, sure, why not? (laughs) Uh, Planet with is a good show so far. Uh,
3: Yep.
0: Anyway, let's talk about let's talk about the sad show. Uh, Well, it wasn't
2: wasn't not it was not all that sad. Well, I
0: got
3: something for uh, yeah. Sure, go go ahead. It broke my heart. it, because I forgot. Okay. Uh, this one. Um, Into...
0: Just gonna Discord cut this review. out, because I don't feel like vamping. Alright, what is this? WebM. Uh, oh, yeah, where the... <laughs> yeah, where the secretary reveals her to, true, like shown in anime form and like the and like the leader of the paladins is like what happened to your clothes (laughs) it's like whoa 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 whoa, wait a minute i'm sorry (laughs) sir i became anime uh no that was a very good moment
2: well no wait a minute you know if you can have a maid walking around with green hair it's like sure it's fine I mean, but
0: then when she reveals, like, her weird-ass fighting bodysuit, that's a step too far. The weird-ass um,
2: bodysuit was covering more than a lot of things have been covering lately.
3: It, it was I like, a
0: full suit, yeah. I, I like how that suit, not only... Revealing that suit also, like, does a transformation, because, like, when she flips it over herself, like, she's also wearing gauntlets and she's got a scarf. Yep. That flails dramatically. It's like an Ocura. It's straight up the Ocura scarf. Like it's even tattered at the end. Uh. Uh-huh. Anyway. <laughs> yep. So That's Very good. We are, we are Yeah, we we'll, we will to... f- Yeah. We'll finish up planet with uh during our next review next recording. For now, we are moving on to uh the uh, the movie in this corner of the world, I believe, is the translated title. Yep. Yeah. So, um just as a reminder, I'm gonna I'm gonna read off what fabulous Blue wrote about it way back when, when uh, he was uh, recommending movies for us. Uh, first up, and the movie I will be recommending to everyone until I die is in this corner of of the world, which primarily concerns a spacey artist girl growing in Kure uh kure hiroshima prefecture before slash during the war before you immediately say f that the film isn't meant to be some shock piece it's not attempting to horrify you like barefoot Gen*, or indulge in guilt and misery like grave of the fireflies nor is it really about the bomb and avoids it as much as possible Instead, it's an honest and astonishingly well put together piece of reconstructive archaeology about lives of civilians during that time, from the traditions they held to the fashions they wore, even to the food available to them. Director Sunao Karabuchi even went further than the original manga, recreating the towns from old images and recollections, checking the weather maps for particular days, train timetable schedules, and even what ships were docked at what point of the year. Granted, this means it has a more traditionally Japanese moment-to-moment rather than action-to-action approach, making, uh, making it feel more like a slice of life at times than a purely narrative-driven story. However, in my opinion, that doesn't make it any less gripping, or the heavy-hitting scenes any less effective. As a film about enduring with dignity even the toughest of circumstances, I think it's in a league of its own, and personally consider it a masterpiece of anime and probably the best animated feature from the last 20 years. Oh, yeah. It might not please the popcorn crowd, but well, your name didn't exactly light my world on fire either, so yeah. Uh, yeah. So, fun I fact. Feel like I'm about to, I feel like I'm about to disappoint him. Yeah. <laughs> fun <laughs> fact. I'm sorry, Fathomless Blue. <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: okay. So, uh, yeah, fun fact.
1: Tsunyo Katabuchi. Uh, previous to this was best known for directing
0: Black Lagoon. That is wild. <laughs> They're so incredibly different. <laughs> um. Yeah, so... <sighs> yeah, right. My thoughts on In This Core of the World I appreciate what it is trying to do and I definitely feel like the back half of it is where I started to go, oh okay this movie is I, I get why people like this movie so much um, I understand why people are saying it's fantastic but like that I'll just get it out of the way here that first half was so hard for me to get through and like i i get what it's trying to do in that first half where before it gets to the before it like slowly starts tearing that town apart it wants to build it up in your mind and have you just live in it for a while just as it normally is so once everything falls apart it it makes the difference that much more jarring but it was it was maybe I'm just too much of a popcorn crowd person and maybe I'll just take that title yeah <laughs> it, it goes t- it goes slow but, oh my gosh it's so plotting. Um, and like, it's not even that there aren't beats in that first half that I do like, cause there are, um, but yeah, it's, ooh, I think, uh, it's very slow. Well, um, yeah, I, well, yeah, the hardest part I
1: had was the first 15 minutes before she, before basically like sort of setting things up before she moves to Corée and gets married.
0: Yeah, that's that's a little rough. There's that, also... That, that was where I was like,
1: okay, what's the point of this?
0: Yeah, there... It, in sort of in line with that, what's the point of this? There's also the subplot with her and, like, the the guy she knew from her own town who <clears throat> she had actually wanted to marry. And she just didn't realize it. Well, not that she didn't realize it, but like she was sort of suppressing those feelings at the time and just doing what people told her. But like that comes up again later on, um, where she yells at him for being for waiting so long to actually be honest with his feelings. But it it doesn't do there's there's it doesn't do anything. It doesn't change anything. It has no impact on any of the s- storylines like there's there's no affair plot line which I mean thank God that's cliche um, but also it just feels so pointless <laughs> like I don't know why it's there um, like it's it, it's enough just to show that this person that that uh, her name's like her name, name is Suzu. Suzu. It's enough to show that Suzu just kind of has her head in the clouds for most of the time and sort of just goes along with what people want her to do. I think that was established well enough by basically every other scene in the show in the movie. Um, yeah, there's there's just a lot of a lot of setup in that first half that just did not need to be there and did not did not serve a purpose in the second part. Um,
1: Well, I, after, for me, after the first 15 minutes, I fell into the, I, I I was able to get into the rhythm of the movie. And, uh, you know, so even like the rest of the first half, basically the parts covering 1944,
0: uh, you know, I was I was able to get into that, and uh... see what's interesting to me is like, and my recollection is hazy again because like the whole first half kind of blurs together for me, but um, there is a part in like that uh, that sort of second half hour um, before it transitions into the sort of war period where. <laughs> Like it, it's just showing her making dinner and like going step by step through the recipe of like making that rice and um, making various which, dishes, which is something an airhead would and be. it's like, why are we doing this? Um, well,
1: okay, that's actually showing. That's actually showing. Uh, well, the whole the point of that is that's actually showing uh, an some an effect of the war even at this point. Because like there like there's this whole I mean there's this whole through line of like at least in you know, until the bombs start falling. Oh you're talking about the rationing? Yeah, the rationing. Where like they're trying where like they they you know each like at each Science month canadical. the ration keeps getting smaller and smaller. So they have to keep on, you know, basically finding ways to feed themselves and stretch okay. the limited amount yeah, of food so you're, they
0: have. All right, you're talking about the rationing. I I thought the thing I, was a scene. I was thinking of the one that was also about rationing, or am I just confusing it with a different scene? Or well, maybe it was that scene. Like,
1: uh, well, uh, well, there was one. There was one scene where uh, there was one scene where Suzu tries to basically, you know, because uh, because she only has like a limited amount of rice. So she tries to stretch it out by using this, like, uh, old recipe, old recipe that, uh, supposedly some, like, uh, Sengoku era general came up with. Um, and, uh, and, you know, and it turns out they, <laughs> it turns out it doesn't work very well. It, that is, like, the rice that they, the rice that they made with this recipe tasted awful.
0: Okay. Yeah, I'm not sure if that's the one I'm Are there o- is there only just the one cooking scene because I thought there was like another no, one earlier. Than no, there's that a whole bunch did... of there's
1: there's actually a whole bunch of different cooking scenes. Uh like, you know, because it cuz it cause it, uh, it also has other scenes where she's like uh where she's yeah, gathering like... where she's gathering herbs, where she's gathering herbs to basically, you know, spice up you know, spice up spice up the food, which
0: Yeah, because I I remember liking that, the ending of that. Okay, maybe this is the... Okay, no, that is the rice cooking scene that I was thinking of. I just remember, like, that was a long time for a setup to that ending. Yeah, it starts with Daikon. Yeah, it's like 38. Yeah, it goes on for like like three minutes (laughs) probably the amount of time required to prepare and
2: cook said rice
0: (laughs) yeah i mean there's it's weird because like i i can see the justifications for every scene this in this movie but also like i don't really i feel like there were only very specific scenes in that first half that that really made the second half hit as hard as it did. Um, and obviously, this is going to be personal preference, and I'm sure that Flatineless Blue, if he's listening to this, is yelling at me right, right now for being an unsophisticated charlatan. But I was so goddamn bored. <laughs> um, I. I I guess for the th- for the scenes I did like, I like that watermelon scene near the beginning. there were actually more scenes near the beginning that I, that I did like. Um, um, and I sort of like the scenes of her sort of getting to know the her new family for the first time and just dealing with that new situation. Um, I also like the sugar scene as well where like she screws up with the sugar. They have to. She has to go get something else, and like gets lost, um, and ends up in a part then, of town
2: that she shouldn't have been
0: in. Yeah, right. Well, also, I, I'm, yeah, I'm more like
2: when her sister-in-law goes to get a thing of water, and she's like, "Yeah, it's making it that the water even tastes sweet," and she just couldn't tell her what had happened. It's like, no, you don't need to know. it. Just keep drinking the water. You're well. Sweet.
1: Well, that was that. Uh, you're actually conflating two different things. So there's one scene where she goes to the, where she has to go to the black market, where she has yeah. to go to the black market section of town in order to get sugar, uh, because the her rat because uh, sugar's rationed, um, and yeah they cut off they cut off her sugar ration, uh, but then uh, <clears throat> you know and so she gets the sugar gets it gets lost gets lost for a while and you know has a hard time getting directions back home. Uh, and then, but then, uh, there was another scene where, uh, where she, uh, where, uh, ants start getting into the sugar. Yeah. Where, where ants start getting into the sugar, and uh, she, uh, and she, like, okay, so then she comes up with the bright idea to try and, like, uh, put float the... It uh, in
0: a of, float it in a bucket of water, float, Yeah,
1: float the sugar in the bucket of water so the ant can't get to it, but then, of course the sugar gets lost in the water and so you have a whole bucket of sweet water.
3: I could have sworn she wouldn't have... Which is av- honestly the best kind of water. Yes. <laughs> yeah, there's yeah. a place in Texas that's proud of that name.
2: Yeah. So, uh... Um, yeah. But, yeah, the the thing about her winding up in the wrong neighborhood, I thought they handled that quite well. They could, They could have really... Uh, accentuated that, but they didn't.
1: Yeah. Also, an amusing bit where she. Uh, uh, also, also there, was that amu- there was that bit where she, like, you know, where she's, like, sketching pictures of the ships in the harbor and uh, oh. she gets in trouble with the military police because they think. Oh, yeah. They're, they're, I the she military police sh- think she's a spy. We I should've really like that scene.
2: Did, 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 in seriousness, she could have gotten shot for that in real life. Yeah. I mean, on the spot.
0: There... That that is one thing about this movie is that Suzu is so dumb, like, throughout the entire thing. Like, up until, like, maybe the very final, like, half hour. And it's... (laughs) It gets a little absurd. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, that that is one thing I noticed. is like, man... Um the the last the last hour of this movie is is sort of what ended up, like because I was prepared to give this movie a three. Um, and that last, that last hour is what brought it up quite a bit in my estimation,, um, just because the scenes of just the way that the village is slowly sort of, torn apart and the people are exhausted like just how well that's portrayed um especially when it comes to like probably the most dramatic and it's not it's not even the the atomic bomb like the the atomic bomb is not the most dramatic scene in this movie and that's saying something like the most dramatic scene in this movie happens when uh, the, the kid dies to the unexploded bomb. Right. Yep. Um, and, and the way they portray that is done very well where it goes to sort of this black and white sort of sketchy animation style.
2: Well, the reaction your brain would have had to the concussion from the explosion.
0: Yeah, like where you get kind of uh, Suzu's stream of consciousness thoughts um and then and then you get her sort of uh survivor's guilt about it um well and it's her not even... si- her sister-in-law
2: uh i mean she her sister-in-law later admits that she was wrong but her sister-in-law laying into her with both barrels for losing the baby was uh Expected, but uh, a little, <clears throat> a little hard on the uh, senses.
1: But what got me was Suzu losing her hand.
2: Well, and that's the hand that that the uh, baby was attached to,
1: yeah. hanging on to.
2: Yeah. So that 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 tells you one how close Suzu came to dying, and two how violent the explosion was that it everything from her hand out vanished
0: yeah and and we actually see the reverse at the en- at the very end of the movie where we have a mother and daughter um where the mother is does stand to the right of the the daughter and takes takes the hit Yep. Um and loses a hand and then dies to the shrapnel. Um and we sort of see it, it's it's sort of a callback both to that scene uh to the, to the previous bomb explosion scene and also a callback to the very beginning of the show with the sort of with the girl who comes to eat the melon who we event who We eventually see, like in when uh, Suzu winds up in the city, um, but uh, they end up taking in that little girl. Yep. Um, right. So you have so you so you have multiple things sort of uh, mirroring each other, and again in that s- final fifteen minutes or so,
2: since she went through everything the little girl had gone through. Uh, getting her home and finding her covered with lice was no big surprise either. Oh, yeah. Boil the clothes. Used to be burn the clothes, but you can boil the clothes and kill r- lice.
1: uh uh-huh. yeah.
2: And yeah, for those I... of you who have not had small children who accidentally bring them home, they're a joy to deal with.
0: Uh. Yeah, and, and the actual atomic bomb sequence, again, like... Famous Blue is correct in that it, it very purposely doesn't show the more it doesn't show the sort of in the moment horrific effects of the bomb what it does is it tries to show the knock on effects of not just the atomic bomb but the bombings just in general uh, because like as but, like there there are definitely parts in this movie where th- there are a couple scenes in this movie where um there's definitely a a thought that goes through your head of like uh y'all worked y'all worked for the Nazis for imperialist gain but also that's not really what the people civilians on the ground were concerned about well- um and like You get you and the the bombings that the Americans did on Japanese villages were pretty horrific, and we only get a glimpse of the fire bombings, which were oftentimes like they weren't as dramatic as the atomic bomb, but overall were far worse. Well, the fire bombings, many ways, the
1: fire bombings killed more people than the than the the atomic bombs and yeah let's go back
2: to the atomic bomb portrayal for just a second remember at the end when they're walking through with the child that they picked up and he said this is our home and this is how it's laid out it's surrounded by mountains that atomic bomb blast how it lit up the sky and the shockwave passed over their head because the mountains deflected it is a correct and true portrayal of what would have happened
0: yeah, like if there, there is definitely a sense of extreme, like historical accuracy taken to almost an extreme in this movie. <laughs> like, well, um, it feels it feels extremely, extremely accurate, though. Obviously, I have zero way of actually judging that myself because mm. I have not studied. You know this period in Japanese history with hardly any depth at all, but it it absolutely like when Fatalist Blue talks about him doing historical archaeology, it absolutely feels like that a hundred percent throughout this whole film.
1: <laughs> oh.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. My my
1: dad, he's like he, he's like when it cut. Co- yeah, he he he's really like nuts about uh, like you know going researching like. All the ins and outs of the atomic bomb. <laughs>
2: yeah, there so, was
1: a lot of those outs. Yeah, so he might get he. If I could get him to watch an anime, he might. Eh, he might get something out of it. He uh, might uh, maybe, go, yeah.
2: Hmm, this is interesting. Do you watch stuff like this often?
1: <laughs>
2: uh, well, believe it or not, that so that yeah, would I, be a typical reaction.
0: I think the I think the one establishing shot that got me most and like really made me go, Oh yeah, this is this is like like they did research on this was um it was after the not the atomic bombing, but like the one dramatic bombing earlier where she's going outside the town, I believe. Um and she sees just everything is completely flat.
2: <laughs> yep.
0: Like basically all the houses are just completely destroyed and it's just flat. And you can see you can see the debris forming, forming sort of the rough shapes of what the houses used to be in. And you can see the roads. Yeah, okay, yeah, there it is. I found it in, in my scanning here. Um, and you can see the roads and how the shape of the sand... Town was supposed to look like, but just it's there's nothing there anymore. That was a really good shot. <coughs> and again, there
2: that during the Second World War, there was a lot of bombing that ended up like that. Um, Curtis's Maze, uh, bomb them with fire. Um, I, I have mixed opinions and mixed feelings on that. Of course, then again, I have mixed opinions and mixed feelings on use of atomic weapons?
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, if, if, if anyone doesn't have mixed feelings about that, I question whether they thought about it mu- that much. Like, um, yeah, it's
2: uh, scary. Is oh. a good word. Scary is a good word to use for uh, if we're going to talk about atomic weapons. Scary is a very good word. Yeah.
0: Man, this movie is very good, but also it was because like, I I knew while I was watching this movie, I knew it was, I knew it was probably going to be worth it, but I kept having to tell myself that throughout most of the first hour. It's like, okay, it's look, it's, it's kind of slow. You'll get through it, Dustin. You'll get through it and then it'll like, it'll be worth it. And it was... But also I I wish this movie was structured in such a way that I didn't have to tell myself that.
1: Um Um. Yeah, I yeah, I well let's think. For me for me, most of the first hour was fine. It was the first fifteen minutes the first fifteen minutes was slow going for me, but the Yeah. Like the rest of the the rest of the movie well yeah. The rest of the movie was the rest of the movie was fine and just and what it built up to was brilliant.
0: Uh, yeah, but what are your what are your thoughts, Larry?
2: I enjoyed it. Uh, there was uh, there was a couple of parts there uh, when she right after she lost her hand and the first fire incendiary bomb hit and went through the roof, and she decided, no. I told him I was going to keep the house intact for him and. She went through the uh, effort of trying to uh, save the house. Oh yeah, which uh, in hindsight yeah. was probably not too terribly smart because no, <laughs> uh, you know, hindsight is usually twenty twenty and doesn't take into account uh, feelings or anything else like that. You, it's just like you do so that 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 i was like okay yeah she managed to get away with that. in fact she got away with a few things like when they were uh up in the mountains and the first bombing runs came and a grandpa came up and saved them i mean they could they could have turned out all sorts of bad very bad because they were strafing well, and if I remember right, Grandpa ended up with a piece of uh, shrapnel in his back.
1: Well, what happened was is that some shrapnel fell on him, but was deflected by his helmet. Yeah, he kind of got
0: bonked in the head.
2: Yeah. Well, I, I I do remember there was shrapnel,
0: so I I yeah.
2: I'll give myself I'll give myself brownie points for that.
0: Yeah.
1: But what yeah, I, so that's the thing. Is it if the shrapnel hadn't fallen on his helmet and it had fallen on them with no helmets? uh yeah, that would have been bad.
2: Yeah, and that's that. You know, people say collateral damage. Collateral damage. Colli- that is a perfect example of collateral damage, because yeah. all the action was going on in the harbor, which looked to be f- five to ten miles from where the house was up on the hill. But collateral damage.
0: Well, yeah, and I think I think one of the points of this movie is. Collateral damage is such an easy term to say, um, and one of the points is to give a face to what colla- what collateral damage looks like. Exactly. Like this. Uh, this is collateral damage. This uh, is what that phrase stands in for. Right. Is what is this is supposed to be a euphemism for? Yeah, okay.
1: because this is yeah this is something you. You don't see you don't see in a lot of war movies, and think this is a war movie, but it's sort of uh, but from a different perspective because it's because a lot most war movies are from the perspective of the soldiers fighting in the wars, but this is from the perspective of the civilians, the civilians who are just well who are getting hit who are yeah who are getting hit by. You know, the soldiers fighting the wars, you know.
2: Well, I'm going to bring up one other thing that's probably going to be a point of contention here. But right at the end of the movie, after the emperor made the statement that Japan had surrendered, Zuzu's reaction to it was typical of that time. Uh, yeah I, people, I think... Pe- people got extremely angry they sacrificed so much they were led down the primrose path they thought and when it when it all went south uh, they, they...
3: right in yeah. fact, in fact of, for the long,
2: for the longest time there was there was factions in Japan that did not believe the war was over and did not believe that they had lost
0: yeah and like I and that is partly why I why I don't really have any issues with how this doesn't like really address sort of the full context of the war because it's not really supposed to, it's supposed to address the civilian context. And I don't really feel like it paints the military itself in a particularly good light.' Um, like even beginning as early as like her first interaction with the MPs. Um, but then also like with, uh, like with other inter- interactions and sort of ending with the, uh, the emperor making his declaration and like, cause, cause most of those civilians like, uh, actually I probably shouldn't speak on it too much. Cause again, I don't know the, I don't have enough historical context. I feel to speak well enough of it, but, um, Like there was definitely an imperialist component to why Japan joined the war, Uh, and like sort of even even ignoring the fact that they were siding with Nazis, like they were also siding for the reasons of imperialism and expanding their global control. And you have to and imperialism just in general sucks when anybody does it. Um, but also, that is primarily like a thing that the government and the military did. That's not necessarily like, especially like in in this corner of the world that the uh, anime focuses on. That is not the concern <clears throat> of the right. civilians.
2: Yeah, they're just they're just doing what they've been told. But you know, just remember, like. Germany that did it through annexation, the Japanese had been acquiring land for quite a few years before Pearl
1: Harbor. Well, yeah, because, okay, so, yeah, I, I've i actually, yeah, I've been, like, well, uh, reading up on, reading, I've been reading up on bits of Japanese history and, you know, following this, uh, following this uh, History of Japan podcast, which is Still not caught up on. It's really great. Um, yeah, right. So the thing was is that uh, yeah, like yeah, they started Japan started throwing their weight around in uh, Manchuria starting in 1931, and they had actually been at war in China since 1937. Uh, you know, yeah. So yeah, they, yeah, they were like. You know, massively, massively at war, like for four years before Pearl Harbor. And the uh, whole point, the whole point of them, the whole point of them attacking Pearl Harbor, was to basically keep was to keep the U.S. from uh, interfering with them trying to conquer China.
2: Well, and they moved their expansion out because some of the raw materials they needed, they they were they. Oh right! They yeah. hit a bottle. They hit a bottleneck on the Chinese mainland and turned around and started heading out towards the Philippines and Manila and uh, the Sullivan's and everything else out in there to get the raw resources Well,
1: and and, and, and and particularly Indonesia, which right, had, which uh, had uh, big
0: oil deposits. Right. So okay. I mean, I I don't think I, we, need, I, no, to no, we don't need to go any huge further of, that. of no. the war. Right. But, but the, yeah,
2: but yeah, it's it it's the reason that Italy, Japan, and Germany got together is they were all kind of thinking along the same boat. And we'll just end there with that. Yeah.
0: Anyway, so yeah, I I give this movie a four. <laughs> I'm gonna give it a five. I'm gonna, I, I I'm gonna give it a five.
2: Also, it uh, it it touched a few nerves. Um, and since I had just watched it quite recently, uh, it's still relatively fresh in my mind, uh, and I can I can understand, and it, especially the the uh, conditions that the uh, those away from the large cities were in. That was basically that was Japan at that time.
0: Yeah. Sorry, Fathomless Blue. I kind of like your name more.
2: <laughs> uh, hey, Phantomless Blue.
0: I say that specifically to troll you.
2: Phantomless <laughs> Blue, just um, keep just keep those cards and letters coming in, and uh, every time you come across a good idea, we'll we'll manage to watch it. Maybe. There. Yeah. we are
0: like we that? are <laughs> we are definitely going to watch uh, Night Is Short, Walk On Girl, though next for a little change of pace.
2: Oh, we so decided that, be, that over. That,
0: yes, I I have made a decision to do. Oh, uh, night a short walk on girl. Um, unless there's any disagreement.
1: No, that's fine.
0: I that was going to be in my queue at some point. Okay, so, uh, so I might was, as well get uh, to it. Might, might I, as well I, get to I, it. I, I, it. Just
2: push, I was just pushing for Anthem of the Heart, but that's okay. We can do that next.
0: Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we'll do Night of Short Walk On Girl next and finish up the last six episodes of Planet With as well. Uh, so, look forward to that, I suppose. Um, also, I. Uh, one cool thing, I'm, I'm sure probably most people who listen to this podcast know by now, but just in case you don't, um, Weekly Shonen Jump, uh, the English version now has a. Um, uh, online subscription service, uh, where you get a bunch of their catalog, um, not all of it, but you get a uh, you get a lot of their catalog, uh, for two bucks a month, which is super cheap for a subscription service. Such of a deal. Um, Yeah. So even if even if you only find like two manga you care about, like that's that's not a bad deal.
1: I've. I've actually been subscribed, I've been subscribed to this thing for years. Uh, to the, well, to the old, uh, you know, yeah, you, know, you know, to Shonen Jump, and, uh, yeah, evidently that's gonna carry forward. Actually, they, yeah, and the thing is, if you're already subscribed, actually, they extend your subscription for another three months. Beyond, oh, that's pretty good. Beyond the end date. So, uh, I'm actually, my subscription is, should be good for all through next year.
0: Yeah. yeah, so there's. I'm probably going to subscribe soon and uh, start reading uh, some things, uh,
1: so,
2: uh, such
0: as like because um, I want to check out. Uh, I've heard some interesting things about Doctor Stone, uh, as well as uh, Promised Neverland. There's some few, a few other things here that look neat. Those those series are great. They're just yeah. they're awesome. Uh, also, I. Also, I can't not read the uh, Dragon Ball side story called "That Time I Got Reincarnated as Yamcha." Uh, I've got to read that. Yeah,
2: that now that even for me, that that, that piques a little curiosity. Yes,
0: <laughs> the the premise of it is that it's an isekai where the guy gets a, a guy who is a huge Dragon Ball nerd gets reincarnated as Yamcha. And uses his basically his knowledge of all the Dragon Ball arcs to be way better than Yamcha was in the actual series, which is a fantastic premise.
2: <laughs> oh, okay. I
0: actually I've really got to give that a try because
1: that sounds amazing. Oh <laughs> uh, well, yeah.
2: while you guys are reading and ignoring me most of the time, I will be doing whatever <laughs> I do.
0: But yeah so i i'm gonna uh, subscribe to that and uh give that a shot and probably talk about it uh during the next recording if uh, there's anything that I ended up liking there so uh yeah you'll f- you'll finally get manga stuff from me I uh, thought I felt the ground moving yeah and it's, a new, uh, it's a new it's a new era and you can read ahead in my hero academia <laughs> yeah and also get my hero academia vigilantes. Yeah. Uh anyway, so that'll be it for this ep- episode of BokkaCast. Uh, you can leave us comments or questions at www.projectharhi.net or uh, bo- uh, or audioentryb.com or um uh bokcast@projectharhi.net is the email. Or you can follow me on Twitter at Stills the gm, And you can follow me on Twitter at Deathslinky. Not that I've been tweeting that much.
2: And if you want me, you know where the website is. You can figure it out from there.
0: Uh, and So without further ado, Ben. Dustin. Three, two, one. Kiddabosh.
2: Happy holidays. Ta-ta.